0: Well, hey, hey there, happy innovators. How y'all doing, huh? I'm just sitting here playing my new guitar. I bought a new one. I'll tell you what, there's nothing better than playing a brand new guitar especially one that you've been dreaming about for several years and uh I'm playing it right now it's in my hands I kind of can't believe that it's uh actually in my studio I'm holding it and playing it (laughs) it's Christmas, you know yeah, it's enough of that this guitar is extra special because it's a what they call a hollow body guitar and I've wanted one for a long time. And uh this one has a tremolo bar or or whammy bar on it. And uh I've wanted one of those for a while too. Hear that? Yeah. Yay! a new girlfriend so that's enough of that and you know what i'm so happy with that guitar it was so worth the wait you know i waited a long time and uh got my dream guitar and uh pretty cool and you know before i get too far into this podcast today um I wanted to say like, as usual, I have my cup of coffee here, you know, take a sip. Mm. And, uh, you know, this time around, I decided to take the suggestion of one of my loyal listeners, uh, for the singularity podcast that goes by the name, uh, American life. And, uh, you know, this listener, this happy innovator had suggested that I try uh, eight o'clock bean coffee and see how I liked it, you know, see how it went. And uh, you know what? I got to tell you, I'm drinking my first cup right now and it's absolutely fantastic. I have to say I'm shocked. Um, Maybe not as good as Dunkin Donuts coffee. Okay, maybe not, but a close second, I would say. So, thank you, Slamerican Life, for listening to the Singularity Podcast for as long as you have, and thank you for commenting and making a suggestion, because, you know, sometimes when people do that kind of thing, you know, they comment or suggest things, I'll listen. And uh, so, thank you very much, and I'm going to take another sip. I suggest that if you have a cup of coffee, now would be a good time to take a sip, and if you don't have a cup of coffee, why don't you go grab one and uh, I'll wait for you. okay? I' take a sip. Okay, that's good coffee and I lied. I'm not gonna wait. so sorry, if you're getting a cup of coffee right now, you'll be able to maybe rewind this podcast and you know listen to what you missed while you were grabbing your cup of coffee. So without any further ado, we'll get on with this thing. And, you know, I had this idea to talk about this memory that I have. Uh, It goes way back when I was in high school. Um, It's just been on my mind for some reason. You know, it was one of those things, like one of those memories that I had forgotten about. I forget a lot of things, you know, and every once in a while they'll, blow through my mind again and I figured with this idea, this um, story that I'm going to tell you you know, as soon as it came back into my mind, I'm like, I'm going to grab that one and use it for a podcast and you know, the story really goes something like this, like back in the day, like when I was in high school maybe like, you know, a junior in high school or something, so that, that would have made it like 87, 88 or 89 Um You know, I used to at lunchtime or after lunch, I used to go outside the school building and there was this concession stand out by our football field. And that's where all the bad kids would go to smoke cigarettes and, you know, do God knows what, you know, um, over by the concession stand. It was like just kind of like a place where, uh, you know, you would eat your lunch, you'd go out there to have a smoke. And you never know who you were going to really like run into. It could be anybody, you know. And uh, so this one day, you know, I was out there as usual after lunch, out there having a smoke by the concession stand with all these other kids. And there was another guy there who was in a band. And I was, of course, in a band as well. And uh, I knew of him. I knew him not really well, but, you know, we got to talking. And there was maybe like a group of maybe 10 people there, you know. And we're talking about this guy who played bass guitar and sang in a group called The Cars. Now, I'm sure that you know the band The Cars. And the person that we were talking about was their lead singer, Benjamin Orr. Who had been born and raised not too far from where I lived, okay, like a couple cities over, a couple towns over, and uh, you know I was not the world's biggest uh, cars fan. I was not the world's biggest Benjamin Or fan. That sounds funny, Or fan. I was not the Benjamin Orphan. But anyway. Um, you know, the conversation was kind of like one of those things where this guy from this other band was talking about Benjamin Orr. He was saying, like, his mother knew him and had gone to school with him and hung out with him. And he was this big loser, like, kind of stupid. You know, all these derogatory things about this guy, Benjamin Orr, from the Cars. And now, I like I said, I wasn't, like, a huge... Cars fan, okay, but I knew a lot of their music and I didn't hate it, you know. Um my older brother had bought like their first album or had won it in some kind of contest and like apparently, like at least from my memory, okay, the Cars had some kind of uh tie to the city I grew up in. I wasn't exactly sure what the story was, but Uh, it was kind of like being talked about when their first album came out that Cleveland, okay, the city that I grew up in, had been particularly important to the formation of this group called The Cars. And at that time, they were a new band. And uh, like I said, my brother had like won their album in a contest or something or on the radio or something. And So the record was in our house, you know, that album cover with the woman in the steering wheel and she's smiling, you know, the big smile, beautiful woman. Um, And, you know, they had the songs, hits like Just What I Needed and uh, what, Moving in Stereo and, uh, you know, just, I mean, they had so many great songs and this singer, Benjamin Orr was, you know, a relatively... Well, actually, not even relatively. He was a very successful professional musician. You know, he was a rock star. And, uh, you know, I'm listening to this guy, you know, rattle off all this negative stuff about Benjamin Orr and how, how much of a loser he is and everything. And I remember distinctly kind of like thinking to myself, I didn't say anything, but I was thinking to myself, you know... That's pretty lame that, you know, this guy, Benjamin Orr, or Benjamin Orlowski, that was his real name. Um, but his stage name was Benjamin Orr, kind of like an abbreviated version of Orlowski, right? Um, you know, it was just so lame to me that this guy, Benjamin Orr, could be so successful, you know, like have, have made something out of his life and had you know risen to stardom you know made millions of dollars from his craft you know writing songs and being a singer which is extremely difficult it was even more difficult to do back then you know Um, and it was just so lame to me that this guy and his mother whatever the stories they were telling these things they were saying about this guy were all negative negative you know, they couldn't come up with anything positive, they weren't like proud of him like I was you know, like I thought it was cool that he was from you know, where I was from and he had done what I ultimately really wanted to do you know, it was possible for me to do it you know, he was an example to me, and like I said, I wasn't the biggest fan of Benjamin Orr, but you know, hearing this guy talk, it just made me think. And I never forgot this. You know, it was like kind of like this, this revelation to me, you know, that kind of like a note to self, you know, like it doesn't matter, like it, it wouldn't matter, like in my future at that time, because I was only about 17, 16, 17 or 18 years old, you know, at that time when this incident happened when this guy was talking about this stuff out by the concession stand, you know? But, like, I was like aspiring to do that. Like, I wanted to do that. I wanted to be a professional musician. Now, I kind of had resigned myself to the thinking that it would be very difficult. You know, I probably wouldn't go as far as Benjamin Orr was able to have gone. But... know I would be able to at least do some version of that with my life you know and Benjamin Orr from the cars was like a living breathing example to me that somebody from where I'm from you know somebody that drank from the same water that I did and somebody that went to the same places that I went like actually had made it out of Cleveland now this is before um Uh, like Nine Inch Nails made it, you know? And, uh, oh my gosh, you know, what a big deal that was. And it was before Mushroom had, you know, had broke onto the scene and, uh, you know, subsequently went on to, what, the international success, you know, as recording artists. So, Benjamin Orr from The Cars was one of the first, you know? And, uh... I always kind of like remembered that moment I remembered the stories they told me and I remember the sentiment in his voice and behind these stories and how negative it was and it just was like this reminder or this this revelation to me a lesson something to store in my memory that it would not matter how successful I was in the future Okay, there will always be Detractors. Like it doesn't matter how good my songs are. It doesn't matter how bad they are. It doesn't matter how much money I make or don't make. It doesn't matter how famous I become or I don't become. There will always be detractors. And there will always be people trying to kind of pull me down. You know? No matter how many stadiums I sell out, no matter how many number one hits I have, no matter no matter what. Happens. That's just the case. There were always going to be haters, you know. And I kind of, um, kind of like became, I guess, I guess the word would be comfortable with that idea, you know, that um, I would kind of have to, you know, be prepared emotionally and mentally in the future, you know, for those moments when the people that I care about or the people that were close to me, when I was younger or whatever, like those people would, you know, be talking slag behind my back, you know, uh, you know, and maybe even because I was successful, you know, and uh, I got a little bit of that, you know, I, I got a taste of that in my younger days. I mean, it, it was there, but. Like I said, more important than any personal experience I would have with it. The important thing is is that I never forgot, you know, those that day and those stories that I heard and the attitude and the you know I um, kind of just well, I guess in some ways at that moment, uh, when I look back on it now, I kind of feel like I adopted Benjamin Orr. You know like into my story and into my life as um, you know somebody to look up to you know as a songwriter um, especially now because Benjamin Orr passed away back in the year 2000 and you know that's a long time ago now it's was, it was like 20 years ago but um, over that 20 years since he has been passed away since he died He died of pancreatic cancer uh, back in 2000. And, like, um, I've started to kind of dig in a little bit to his story and where he was from and the songs that he wrote and where he lived and when he died and where he's buried and all those things. And I'm going back and combing through the songs that he wrote and his interviews and just things like that you know he's on my heart you know his spirit and memory is in my mind and in my heart right now and uh like i said over the years it never really left me i've always kind of you know whenever i get some kind of negative you know whatever from somebody you know i've always kind of remembered that story that you know the benjamin orr thing you know So I wanted to talk about it today because I thought it was one of those things that kind of falls into this category of, you know, talking about the idea of encouraging the people that are around us and, you know, how there's so little of that uh, in our lives. I mean, I'm talking about every single person that is listening to this podcast right now. You, the person listening, you, you know, how how much encouragement have you gotten, you know, from the people that are around you, even the people that claim to love you. And, you know, there's, they're claiming to be supportive of you. Uh, how encouraging are they really, you know? And my guess would be, uh, not very, you know, um, for some reason, there's this deficit, this gap with, uh, human interaction where it's devoid of encouragement you know it's so easy to be critical of other people Uh, you know watch somebody trying to do something trying to achieve something that's difficult and uh, you know the, the odds are against them you know and the people around that person you, me, or whoever, you know, are just, they're just not, they're not, they're not encouraging anything. Now, that's not true with everyone. I mean, there are some people that are strangers to me and some people that are close to me that are very encouraging and, you know, that that's kind of like uh, fuel, you know, it's a, a form of fuel for uh, this trip that I'm on, right? You mean when people give you accolades or when people give you compliments and they say things that are really, really nice and they like your what you're doing and they can kinda of see your vision and they're following you and all that. You know what? That's not to be taken for granted, you know? You know, it's it's really something that I find to be like important, but it's lacking. There's a lot, there is a lot of, uh, discouragement and a lot of, uh, you know, negative kinds of things, especially, you know, when it comes to like doing anything on a creative level, you know, um, I remember when I was very young, there was a kid that lived in my neighborhood, And, uh, you know, I was always kind of, like, drawing stuff when I was a little kid. I was an artist, you know, a future budding artist. So I was always kind of, like, drawing stuff and, you know, putting things together, coming up with ideas and then making them happen, you you know, breathing them into life, you know, even when I was really young. And this kid in the neighborhood was always... Like whenever he would see something that I had made or something that I had drawn, you know, anything, anything I had made or created, he would immediately start tearing it apart, you know, and making fun of it. And I always kind of like scratched my head about that, you know, because it's like, what is up with that? Like, what would motivate someone to be? like just negative for negative sake you know it's so odd and so strange such strange behavior you know and really kind of like destructive and useless really and stupid right i mean it's like uh what's the point of just always trying to tear other people down it's something that doesn't appeal to me it's something that doesn't make any sense to me And, like, I've always come from the school of thought where it's like when I see somebody doing anything that I find to be impressive or uh, daring or extraordinary or challenging or creative, inventive, you know, non-conventional or conventional, um, I've always been supportive and encouraging. Like, I think it's fantastic. I love to watch people succeed. It doesn't have to be me that's succeeding. I get as much joy or maybe even a little bit more from watching somebody that either I know or I love or maybe somebody that I don't know uh, do something incredible, do something impressive, do something that's very difficult and uh, succeed and and do it well. You know, and as far as I'm concerned, I I think, okay, I think that's normal. Right? Like it's normal to want to see people do well, I would imagine. Okay. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, you know. And maybe, you know, the reason why there's so much discouragement, you know, floating around in the ether these days as opposed to encouragement is because really, you know, people's will is really not that good all the time. You know, maybe that's the case. I don't, I don't know. I don't know for sure, but maybe, maybe that's why. And uh, like I said, I've had some, you know, I've had a taste of that. You know, ever since I started playing music, you know, you know, from the very beginning, there's always been this, you know, sometimes anyway, this spirit of discouragement, you know, from the people that were around me, Um, you know. A lot of the times I think it was like, people's kind of coming at me with this attitude like oh yeah you know you're really good but it's really difficult to make it in the music business you know like you're never gonna make it you know but then like as soon as i would accomplish something great or do something i thought was difficult or they thought was difficult you know it's it's really kind of like a cliche at this point but You know, you get the same people, okay, you get the same people saying, Oh, I always knew, you know, I always knew he was going to do it. I always knew it. And, uh, you know, I have my handful of those people too, you know, in my life. And why am I talking about this? You know, that's a good question. And the answer to that question is because, you know, I'm not sure how many of the people that are listening to this podcast right now Have been discouraged by the people around them or encouraged to succeed and to do something, you know, extraordinary with their life, you know, to do something that was difficult to do and try to achieve things that are difficult to achieve. You know, I I don't know if you have been pulled down or if you've been pushed up, held up by the people around you, but I'm here to tell you, I guess is that, you know, I got a bit of advice once, actually. I can tell you this. I got a bit of advice from a really, really strong and famous songwriter who said to me, uh, the best advice they could give me and give anyone else that was trying to make it as an artist of any kind, of any kind, okay, is to not listen to anybody. Like, just do what you do, like you have a vision, you have goals, you have desires and things that you're passionate about. Like, don't let what anyone says, whether it's positive or negative, don't let anybody, you know, talk you out of what you're doing and don't listen to anybody. Okay. And I guess maybe that's why, you know, I would tell a story like this, like the one with Benjamin Orr or maybe a couple of other things that I'm going to talk about today just you know stay true to yourself and stay true to your vision and what you want and you know it doesn't matter really in life what it is you want to be okay whatever it is you want to be and this is a cliche too but it's a fact okay if you really want something bad enough you really do if you really want it bad enough Stick with it. Okay. Don't stop. You know, try as hard as you can to not be motivated by things like money and income, like wealth, fame. You know, try to avoid that pitfall and be an artist for yourself first. And don't stop. You know, like whatever you do whatever you do. I don't care if it's painting, sculpting music, if it's, uh, dentistry, uh, maybe you study law. You want to be a lawyer? Uh, you know, maybe you have political aspirations, you know, uh, I don't know, but like whatever it is, listen to me. Okay. Listen to me, whatever it is that you've got cooking, In your mind, whatever dream you have, whatever thing it is you like to do the most and you want to do it for the rest of your life, do it. And don't do it for money. Don't do it for posterity. Don't do it for fame and recognition. Just do it and don't stop doing it. Like keep going. Keep getting better. And if you can do that, it doesn't matter what it is that you want to be. You can keep going. You can stay true to yourself and keep getting better And you know because you want to, right? Because you're doing it all the time and naturally you want to get better and you learn more and you get better at what you do. Don't stop. Keep going because it will come to you. You know, that dream that you have will come to you. And I'm living proof of that. I can honestly and truly tell you right now, right here and now, that I got everything I set out for. I got everything I wanted when I decided at a very young age that I wanted to be a songwriter or a musician, a professional musician. You know, I didn't know how it was going to happen. I didn't know how long it was going to take, but I got there. I didn't make millions of dollars, and I'm not really, really famous, okay, but, but, okay, I have made some money, and I am a professional musician, I'm a professional songwriter, you know, I wanted, when I was younger, really, all I really wanted was the ability to make music and have people hear it, that's really all I really wanted, you know. It was not really money and it was not really fame. Of course, those things are, especially when you're young, those things are really appealing. And, you know, a lot of the time when it comes to being an artist or something like that, you know, making money is a very quick way of validation, you know, especially for the people around you, you know. Uh, I'm not a wealthy man, okay, Um, but my music is, does bring me revenue and enough for me to be satisfied with what I've got. And um, that was never, uh, I, I can tell you honestly and truly, and my track record stands as a testimony to this for anybody who's you know familiar with anything that I've done. Um, you know, I, I give my music away for free. You know, the, the joy or like the dream for me was to have people listen to what I did and enjoy what I create. And I get to sit back and watch people enjoy it. You know, that, that's really the motivating factor behind all this. Come what may, um, you know, money or no money, fame or no fame. I will be doing this. OK, exactly what I'm doing. Right now, I'll be doing this until I die. Until I can't anymore. I'm not alive anymore. I mean, it's really like that kind of thing for me, you know? And uh, I don't know, maybe that is important to share, you know? My experience, you know, as an artist, I guess, is kind of a unique one. You know, when you really think about it, Like I do, Um, a lot of the apparatus for uh, my music and my career and all those things, you know, like a lot of this stuff didn't exist 20 years ago, you know, when I started to record myself and all that. It certainly was not around, you know, back in 1991, 92, or 93 when I started writing songs, you know, and I really started to try. Um you know, the internet didn't exist and uh, social media didn't exist. and definitely YouTube didn't exist. And in uh, all that stuff, I, I could never have predicted it. right? I mean, how could I have known that, you know, I had a dream when I was very young, you know, I had a dream that my music would be listened to by people all over the world. Okay. And at that time, you know, you needed a record deal and you needed, you know, the record company apparatus to distribute your music all over the world. But that's gone the way of the Dodo Bird. Like in my lifetime, you know, the ability for a guy as small as I am, you know, to be internationally known and have my music being listened to all over the world literally every country on the planet earth is listening to my music right now you know I have the analytics to prove it you know Um, that was my dream you know the the money and uh, the accolades and the notoriety and all that kind of stuff that's just kind of like part of the deal that comes with the territory the negative stuff too you know And, uh, that's all part of the deal, but that was never really what I wanted. What I really wanted when I was young was, and I was, you know, and dreaming this up and coming up with, you know, the wildest, you know, fantasy of what my future could be like. It was less than what I've actually gotten in reality. I mean, like it's, and, and that sounds, uh, like, it's so easy to say after the fact, right? But I'm telling you, it's the truth. It really is. Um, and the point, again, you know, uh, is that if you are someone, uh, especially a young person, you know, who's kind of getting started. But even if you're not, you know, even if you're an older person, I don't care what age you are. And you're, and you're trying to uh, do something. Okay, you're trying to do something. You have a vision. Uh, there's a goal. It's difficult to achieve. And you're setting out to do it. Don't listen to anybody. Stay true to yourself. You know, and if you stay with what you're doing, if you come up with an idea and you love what you do, well, they always say there's a cliche, you know, at this point as well. Um, if, you know, you'd love what you do, Enough, Like that you don't have to work a day in your life, you know, like uh, it's not work. You know, I love what I do. I guess that's really what it all boils down to. Really. The summation of all this chatter, all this talk for how long, what, like 35 minutes so far or something like that. You know, it's like, I love what I do. Do you love what you do? You know, do you really love what you do? Or, you know, had somebody kind of talked you out of uh, your dream you know, or what you wanted to do with your life? You know, what a question, isn't it? Think about that. Are you happy with what you're doing, how you're spending your time, how you're spending your days? You know, we get this one life, right? And it's a finite amount of time, roughly 100 years if we're lucky. Right. Are you happy with how you are spending your time? And if you're not, condolences, because that sucks. Okay, and I get it, too. Sometimes you just don't have a choice. You know, you don't have a choice. Like you've got to, you know, forego your dreams and your visions and your hopes for practicality and survival. You know, I, I get that. I get that. That happens to people. And it usually happens for a reason. There's a a good reason, a better reason. You know, fortunately for me, that never really happened. You know, and I guess I was single-minded my entire life. So, you know, yes, I did have to work day jobs, but that was always like a means of survival to keep this music thing going. You know, that's how I saw it. That's how I see it now. You know, I mean, the fact that I'm able to do it full time and, you know, I'm satisfied and comfortable with the life that I'm living. I don't need any more than I have. I have more than enough right now. I don't need to be more famous. I don't need to be more wealthy or anything like that. I mean, granted, yeah, I would accept that if it came, but probably not the same way that other artists have. You know, it's not something that appeals to me a great deal. You know, I've gotten have gotten a taste. OK, I've gotten a taste of like the public thing and the fame thing. I've got like a little taste of it. Right. And it's not for me. It's really not, especially now at the age of what, almost 50. Like, but that's not something that appeals to me. I want people to listen to what I do and enjoy it. But, you know, and I love it when they tell me you know, and things like that, but you know, the, the idea of getting any more than I've already gotten is not appealing I know that may sound strange, okay, but trust me if you had seen the world through my eyes you'd be the exact same way you know, I don't need any more than I have I do not want what I haven't got, to quote uh, another brilliant singer songwriter um I do not want what I haven't got. And you know what? Think about that. <laughs> and ask yourself these questions, man. It's like, you know, uh are you doing right now, okay, right now, are you doing what you really want to be doing with your time? And if not, uh what would you rather be doing? Or, if you are actually doing what you want to be doing, what are you doing? Like, what is it you're actually doing? You know? And, uh, you know, I guess I could say this. That if you ever need a bit of encouragement, okay, you need words of encouragement. Whatever it is you're setting out to do, all you got to do is hit me up at my email. You know? And I will give you encouragement because... I'm always, always uh, excited for you, (laughs) you know, like if you're doing cool stuff and you're setting out to do something really difficult and, you know, wild or, you know, creative or amazing, you know, and it's impossible and the odds are against you and, you know, you think that it's just impossible, you'll never get there. You're wrong. Okay, you're wrong. Stick with what you're doing. Longevity is everything. Don't listen to what anybody says to you. And you know what? Don't do it for money. Don't do it for money. Don't whatever it is you're going to do or whatever it is you are doing. Try to abandon you know that that desire, you know, for it to make money. If you're willing to forego the making of money, the making of revenue, like for the success and the life of your art and your creativity, the money will come. It's a fact. Just, if you are just making art for art's sake or for your sake, the money will come. It may take a long time. And in my case, it took a very long time, you know? A lot longer than I thought it would Okay But I got there I did I did I got exactly I got exactly what I wanted When I was very young And I dreamed it all up I got exactly what I dreamed of It happened It happened in my life And let me tell you For better or for worse I do not want what I haven't got And with that, my happy innovators, love you guys. I rambled today, I know, I know. But I was speaking from my heart, you know. I'm speaking from my heart. And I'm speaking from my experience. And I'm speaking about my experience, right? So everybody has a story. Everybody has the, you know, the way it was, you know, for them. And uh, my story, however strange... However, hard and difficult to understand or whatever. I mean, especially for the people around me, you know, that knew me. They were, you know, (laughs) I'm sure there were moments where they were scratching their heads. Like, when is he going to snap out of it? You know, and thank God I didn't because, you know, they were wrong and I was right. Okay. I was going to have to wait. I was going to have to wait, but my dreams did come true. And, uh, you know, to tell you the truth, I'm staring at my new guitar right here to bookend this thing, you know, to go full circle here today. I'm staring at my brand new guitar right here, actually holding it in my hands. Uh, and it's proof positive Proof positive that not only did all my dreams come true, as far as you know, being able to have people all over the world listen to and enjoy the songs that I wrote, okay, the music that I made, but along the way, I even got a couple of nice toys too. And this guitar is kind of like symbolic of that to me. You know, kind of a subtle reminder that I can get some of this stuff, too. You know, the material things, even though I did not set out for that. I managed to get some of it. I managed to get it all right. I mean, that's that's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. I managed to have my dreams come true and not because I was really smart or I was really gifted or talented or anything like that. Nothing like that. I just had to stick with it. I had to work hard. I had to love what I do and I had to stick with it and never give up. And I never ever gave up, not even for a split second. And here I am now. I'm a happy camper. Okay, so you know Normally at the end of my podcasts, especially over the past year, about yeah, it's been about a year, I think, um, maybe since COVID started, um, I've been putting music at the end of each one of my podcasts, right? And uh, I decided that uh, there's a song I have that I'm about to release uh, for the new Pipe Choir album, The Wrench and the Rubicon. Um, I have a, a song called A Slave to Nothing and uh, there's a little bit of a story behind this song. I figured I would share with you the, the story of the song and then at the end of this podcast I'll give you a listen to the original version of A Slave to Nothing. But um, the reason that uh, I wanted to talk about this particular song um, it's a decent song. You know, it's uh, something that I thought was relatively decent um, and I had recorded it a long time ago originally written and recorded it a long time ago um, probably back in like 2012 or 2013 um, and I, when I recorded this song and when I wrote it, uh, A Slave to Nothing um, I didn't know how to master my own songs okay so I had the recording process down but I did not yet know how to master my songs so I had to hire out as an experiment really for this particular track because I felt the song was strong enough it warranted uh, you know giving this whole mastering thing a shot and so I found somebody online who mastered songs for a fee and uh, I sent my song to this person to be mastered and you know unfortunately for me the experience was not a good one Um, you know the song was handed back to me um, you know not ruined but you know the person who mastered the song didn't love the song okay So they didn't really care uh, about what they were doing. And, you know, to add, you know, insult to injury. Okay. And this plays into this whole encouragement, discouragement thing. You know, the guy who had mastered my song sent, you know, this message back to me with the song. And he said that if I ever, and this is what he said, this is like, I'm paraphrasing of course, but this is the sentiment. It was like, if you ever write a song that's good, let me know. And, I'll, you know, I'll be glad to master it for you or something like that. Something along those lines, like, like this song is not good, but if you ever do make a good song, like I would be willing to, you know, master it for you and for a fee, of course, you know? And, um, Oh, you know, that that was one of those things where it's like, you know, such a, such a cynical and discouraging thing to say, especially to someone that you don't know. And, uh, I had not asked for, uh, you know, his opinion of the song. And I happened to think the song was pretty good, you know? Um, but I always kind of remembered that, you know, with this song, A Slave to Nothing, that... You know, it was a lesson in life, much like standing outside, you know, in high school by the concession stand while this one guy just was ripping Benjamin Orr apart. You know, I I, I took note, mental note to self. Well, the same kind of thing when I got this song mastered and handed back to me. And I subsequently wound up not using the mastered version of the song uh, for release at that time. And You know, it was just like um, a thorough uh, waste of time and money and energy, you know, like I vowed to myself at that point that I was going to learn how to master my own music and never, ever, ever again pay somebody to master my music for me. Why? You know, because people are stupid. Well, that's part of it. But mostly it's because I will never hand my music over to someone who doesn't love it as much as I do, you know, to do any kind of technical processes. You know, it's just not going to happen. So lesson in life. And I learned how to master my own music. And now I do it all the time. And I I know, especially now, when I listen to, like when I compare uh, my mastering ability to what this guy handed back to me back in 2013 or whatever, this mastering house I sent my song to, yeah, they they didn't care. And they just wanted my money. And, you know, this guy was just such an a-hole, you know, Uh, so much so that I never went back again. You know, I never turned back. I just went forward and learned how to do it myself. And, you know, there is an old cliche that says, if you want something done right, you do it yourself. You know, well, it's true. It's a cliche for a reason. Anyway, my point is, is that uh, at the end of this podcast, what I'll share with you is the version of A Slave to Nothing that I released. Oh, man like I said 2013 maybe and um you know I I had the idea a few months back to revisit that song but you know that kind of happens to me a lot I'll remember songs from the past and I'll think oh yeah I should work on that one or I should redo that one or whatever you know and with this particular track I thought because it was a decent song it was a strong song I thought um relatively strong, Um, and, you know, the mastering thing had gone so bad and everything, I thought maybe, okay, maybe what I should do is, is revisit A Slave to Nothing and, you know, make it what I can, like, right now, you know, like with other songs I've had from the past, right, the ones that you've heard, like Circuit Freaker, right, Rocking Back and Forth, um, you know, maybe this album, The Wrench and the Rubicon, is really kind of a hearkening back to these older ideas that I've had. And uh, there are some new ones, too, some brand new ones, like Anatoly. You know, it's brand new. But um, A Slave to Nothing? Yeah, I decided to redo it. And that's what you will hear, okay, coming very soon. Okay, that'll, it'll come very soon. Uh, It's the next uh, song that's slated for release for the new album. And then immediately after A Slave to Nothing, I have a brand new song. And one that I think people will like. I hope they like as much as I do, you know. I'm pretty excited about these next two songs. And so, if you're into it, you know, stick around past the end of this podcast And you'll get a little peek of uh, Slave to Nothing circa 2013. And you can compare it to the new version if you want. All right. Uh, The new version will be, by the way, mastered. Okay. By me. (laughs) So with that, my happy innovators, until next time, if you want to keep what you've got, you've got to give it away. Take it easy, everybody. Okay, all you happy innovators, you crazy ones who are wild and crazy and you stick around till after the podcast is over. I've got, like I promised for you, a Slave to Nothing circa 2013, Um, a pipe choir song I worked on a while back, one of those things where it just kind of came together really nicely, and uh, I like to think anyway that the newer version is maybe a little bit better. You know, improved, new and improved. Maybe I'm wrong, though. I don't know. I'll let you be the judge. So here you go. Check it out. Uh, Pipe Choir, A Slave to Nothing, circa 2013. And stay tuned, folks, because the new version of A Slave to Nothing will be being released within days. Okay. so peace out, everybody. And uh, until next time, stay safe, have fun and rock on.